So today's guest is from my niche of real estate investing. He entered the multifamily industry in 2007, and since then he's grown his portfolio to 21 apartments with over 3,000 rental units. He's the first person ever to receive the National Apartment Association Independent Rental Owner of the Year Award twice, and his company and staff have earned 17 city, state, and national apartment awards, as well as being named number 15 in the 100 fastest growing companies by the Houston Business Journal, as well as one of its most admired CEO honorees. Welcome back to the Crushing It in Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Tan, and I'm honored to have the apartment rock star, Robert Martinez, join us today. Hello, Robert. Hey, Joanne. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for being on the show. You want to hey, let our listeners know, yeah, how did you get started in real estate? Yeah, you know what? I didn't grow up in real estate. I, I'm from deep south Texas, and my dad worked at Whataburger, which is a local uh, Texas-owned fast food um, uh, company. My mother worked at uh, Levi's and later Hager's before both of those plants moved to Mexico uh, during, during the NAFTA uh, years in, in the 1990s. And so real estate wasn't part of my upbringing. You know, the only real estate I had was the house that my mom and dad bought in, in my childhood home. Um, so they're, they're my first mentors. And your mentor says, you got to go to school and get good grades. And that's what I did. I went to, I went to Texas A&M University. I have an engineering degree uh, because mom and dad said, that's what you do. That you got to get to that. You got to get that degree. So uh, I moved to Houston in 1997. Uh, I, um, I got into the workforce. I was in the workforce for 10 years. I sold rotating equipment uh, for uh, various companies in the oil and gas field. And any good sales guy wants to be paid on commission because you want to get rewarded for your efforts. You want to kill what you're going to eat tonight. And so you expect to get compensated. But what happened during my time in corporate America is that I had a couple of ownership changes. And when ownership changes come in, they see value. They think they're going to reposition the, the, the business. And so they look for the biggest wage earners first. And they try to cut their compensation, which is typically the sales guys. And so they found ways to knock my knock, knock down my commission in my territory, uh, either by splitting it into somebody else or whatever. And after that happened a couple of times, I had an epiphany, and I realized that I didn't have control of my financial future. My boss did, or corporate America did. And if that was the case, then I was not going to be able to control the kind of lifestyle I was going to lead, which meant that I don't get, I don't get to control the kind of uh, schools my kids go to, the kind of home and lifestyle I want to be able to provide for them. And it's like, what am I doing here? So I started to look around for, at first, ways to subsidize that lost income. And I looked at a, a laundromat. I looked at a water vending business. I thought I was even going to buy a childcare facility at one time. Um, and then one day, I stumbled into real estate. There was a crazy guy on the radio who uh, was, was doing a lot of shows, and I'd been listening to him for several years, uh, you know, uh, during my sales call visits. And I said, you know, what? I'm going to stop it. And I'm going to hear what this is about. I went to a free case study event, a free Thursday night event. And I loved it. I was like, wow, this sounds interesting. Um, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to see what this is about. So I paid the $500 to go to the two day boot camp, And I learned everything there was to know about single family investing on Saturday. And I remember I was so excited. I'm going to be a single family King. I'm going to buy three, four rent houses, bring in three, $400 replacing, remember replacing the income that corporate America was taking from me. Then I went to Sunday, and Sunday I learned about apartment complexes. I learned about multifamily investing. I was first introduced to the magic formula, what I call the magic formula, um, and I realized, wow, it was, it, was a, it was a real 
red pill, blue pill mo moment, just like from the Matrix, and where Morph Morpheus gives it to Neo, and he says, "If you take this, you'll never see anything. Th you'll never see anything the way you used to." And that's exactly what happened. I I, I really drank the Kool Aid, and I got involved in in this club. Uh, and within the so I paid ten thousand dollars, and I joined the club. And I really know now, you know, here we are, thirteen years later. You got to pay to play. You really do. If you want to get ahead in life, you've got to invest in, in, into yourself before you invest in anything. You've got to get a mentor. You've got to find a, a network, a group of people around you, because that's where you keep your momentum. Because in life, and what happens, you hit an obstacle, you hit something, and you'll stop on your tracks. And if you hit too many of those, you will go backwards. You won't move forwards. And so when you have that mentorship group around you, that helps you. So I got into this, into this mentorship group, this network, and over the next three years, I found a partner there. He was more of the face of the company. He sounds like a gecko, right? He was from London. He's a good looking man, you know? And so he, he was able to be the face of the company. And I was more of the operator guy. I was the guy like kind of Wizard of Oz, you know, where, where the, the, the wheels are going on behind the curtain, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, that was me. But what I did was I left my day job. I was making about a buck 50, 150,000 a year to make 36,000 a year sitting in the leasing office in the leasing chair, learning the business. I was not the property manager. I wasn't even the assistant manager. I was just sitting there as a, as a, uh, um, a overpriced leasing agent. And I learned the business. I learned how to lease. I was, I'm, I'm a professionally trained salesman, so I know how to speak to people. I know how to ask the right questions. I know when to listen. And it was not difficult selling a million dollar piece of equipment. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to be leasing a $500 apartment. And I got really good at it. I, I also learned what it's like to be in, in the apartment world. I got lied to by residents, but I learned how to knock on doors. I learned, learned how to collect rent. And I got really good at what uh, apartment operations are about. So over the next three years, we ran and uh, got to 2,000 units. And as anything, partnerships end. Somebody gets upset. Somebody's stack gets bigger than the other. And our, our relationship ended. I, uh, I started Rockstar Capital in 2011. I left all the bad lessons and I brought all the good lessons with me. And since then, we've, uh, uh, we now own almost 3,800 apartment units worth uh, almost $400 million. Um, we uh, have earned, as you mentioned earlier, 17 city, state, and national apartment association awards. Uh, we recently we were considered, the, we were ranked the number two management company in Houston, number 17 in Texas. Um, and I'm very, very fortunate to be sitting here because I get to represent my company. But I, because of their efforts, I'm the only person to win the National Owner of the Year Award twice. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to represent our company and build our brand. Yeah, so many accomplishments that you and your company have achieved, you know, over these last 13 years. It's really amazing. If you could do it all over again, is there anything you would do maybe differently this time around? Yeah, first of all, you got to eliminate fear. You know, my career was born during the recession. And during back then, there was no PPP, right? There was no help for the business owner. There was no extended employment benefits. Um, they didn't exist. It was hand-to-hand -hand fighting. And that's where I was born. My career was born during that time. But there's also a little bit of fear. You're afraid that the, more, the world's never going to bounce back. Man, if I could go back and buy those deals that we bought during the recession, I, mean, I buy deals at $17,000 a door, $15,000 a door, $24,000 a door. These same deals are now worth $100,000 a door. You know, I, I've raised $100 million of investor equity since 2011, but I've also returned $100 million of investor equity because we bought so many deals at such a cheap price that, you know, it, it, uh, it, um, it's been great. It's been a great ride for everybody. But I think that if you can eliminate fear and just understand that uh, apartments are indestructible, they really are. You know how I know that? Because what survived the COVID, right? The world shut down. We couldn't even leave our homes. What survived? 
Netflix, Amazon. And both of them put uh, somebody else out of business. Netflix put Blockbuster out of business and Amazon put Sears, Montgomery Ward, anybody you can think of out of business. But where do you watch your Netflix? Where do your packages get delivered from, from Amazon to your home? Now you may have precious metal, you may have gold, you may have silver, you may have food, you may have ammo. You better have four walls and a roof to protect it though. Apartments survived COVID. Apartments are indestructible. They really are. Cause you gotta have food, you gotta have water, you gotta have somewhere to live. So right, if, you, yeah. if you know that in mind, why would you not be comfortable and buy everything you can? So I understand mm -hmm. that now and we're very aggressive in our, in our, in our purchasing and our, our growth plan. I totally get that too. You know, part of the reason why I picked multifamily is it's supposed to be more resistant to, you know, a recession than anything else. But I think some things that might be getting people fearful are the talks and actually implementation of moratoriums on rent. You know what? I am not afraid of that. Let me tell you why. First of all, our entire portfolio is located in red states. That states where the landlord laws are very friendly. Uh, it's not difficult to evict. Number one. Number two, there's no state income tax. So it's a very different vibe than maybe some of the blue states in California, New York. But let's be honest, this new moratorium that came out is actually a good thing. Because before, when there was a knee-jerk panic reaction. And they said no, nobody. In fact, anybody had a government-sponsored loan, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, whatever, you could not evict. That was a real rule. You couldn't evict no matter what was going on. This new moratorium, if people will educate themselves and they understand, they've actually put conditions and rules in place. First of all, now the, instead of a carte blanche, hey, you cannot evict, now uh, uh, renters and residents, our rent residents have to apply. And in order to qualify, they have to show a few things. They have to show that they have nowhere to go. Most people have family. Most people have somewhere to go. They don't have to go to a shelter, number one. So you got to prove to that government office before they give you that certificate that you have nowhere to go. Number two, you have to prove that you've been making payments. You know how many people have just decided to stop making payments and just think, I, you know, I mean, I'm reviewing the, 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 the delinquency notes for some of our complexes and like people aren't paying because they feel like they don't need to. That's what they say. I don't feel like I should right now. Well, guess what? You're not going to qualify for this eviction moratorium because you have to have shown that you've been making partial payments. When you qualify for all that, then you get a certificate. If you don't bring me that certificate, I don't have to honor anything. And I can still appeal that certificate. So we have filed our evictions. If anything, that more toward this recent one that, that, that the CDC put out there, which everybody was very upset about, is the best thing to happen to us since the, 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 uh, the COVID crisis started. Because now there's real rules in place that give the owners the power back to the landlords and the renters now, and many renters, you know, if you give them something free, they take it. But if they actually have to go out there and do something and go apply and sign, a, a sign an affidavit saying that this is true and, and, and like under fear of perjury, you know, that, that I'm telling the truth, it's not happening. I'm not worried about it. Right. Yeah. I think a fear stems from, you know, uh, either a lack of confidence or a lack of information. Right. And if, like you said, people get actually knowledgeable about what the recent moratorium is about, they'll see that you can actually still evict people and there's everything goes to court still. And plus all of the renters actually have to show, you know, that they have been impacted by COVID in order to qualify, just like you said. So, you know, it puts, over it puts the onerous on them and takes mm -hmm. it off of us. It's no more, oh, okay, you're renting. I, I don't, I can't, I have no power. No, we have all the power back now. 
Right. Yeah. Um, something interesting that you brought up was mom and dad said to get a degree, right? Something I can relate to, you know, coming from an Asian household, my parents were like, there's this <laughs> one way to make it yes. in the world, which is go to school, get that yes. degree and then work a job and then, you know, retire maybe someday. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the American dream, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but you've taken a different path, you know, that differed from what your parents wanted for you. You know, obviously you tried it out first, you were successful, you were in sales, but now you're doing something completely different. Um, you know, if you were to give that advice maybe to your kids, what would you tell them? Well, first of all, you know, every generation wants the next generation to be better. That's all my mom and dad wanted. I worked really hard. My dad worked for Wildberger for over 40 years. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. And, you know, he didn't have to show for what he made them. And that's really sad. And it's because he followed the same map that everybody else does. But his way of getting out of that was to have me go to school. And in fact, he, I grow, grew up watching my dad work at Whataburger. I wanted to own a Whataburger. I wanted to go and have my dad help me run this. We'd, we'd have this great store together. But I was thinking really small. And he said, you know what? You're better than this. Don't do this. You can do more than that. Um, and so I think the steps that occur is that you have to get out of the box of everybody else, which means you have to risk you have to face fear. When I told my dad I was going to get a sales job, he's like, wait, what? Because to him, a sales job was like selling vacuum cleaners door to door, selling Britannica encyclopedias door to door, because those are the salesmen that came to our house. And so he thought I was going to be selling vacuum cleaners. They like, no, dad, I'm selling a million dollar piece of equipment to a guy with a PhD. So I better know my stuff. And so that was the first step because sales guys always make more money than everybody else. Uh, and it's because they're, you, you, you find out who wants to win, who wants to play. You learn to develop that winning mindset. And again, I was commission-based. So if I didn't kill, I didn't eat a night. And that's what I want. We're actually trying to hire salesmen right now because I'm going back to basics. I want to surround myself with a bunch of guys like that, a bunch of killers that need to understand that, hey, you need to kill what you're going to eat tonight. Um, but then I found something in real estate. I wasn't taught that by my mom and dad. I wasn't taught that in college. I wasn't taught that by any mentors. Uh, growing up, everybody, we, I, I lived at the end of a cul-de-sac. I'd hang out with everybody on Sunday barbecues, and that's what we did. Everybody was kind of in the same realm. But you know what? I always had a desire to get up here. So if there was a business guy there was an owner within my little clique at the church, I would try to hang out with him because I wanted to do something, right? I, I felt I had that, that feeling in me that this, there's more than life. I didn't want to do this for the next 40-some years and retire at 60-plus years old and have a million bucks in the account. That was my plan. I, I had a 401k plan I was maxing out every year. And I had a plan that I, you know, by the time I turned 50, I would have a million dollars. By the time I was 60, I'd have $2 million. And I mean, I was shooting so low because I didn't have the right mentor. So if you ask, for example, if you find the, the, uh, the son of a billionaire, I'm sorry, scored over. If you find, if you ask my dad, you told me that I'll give you a million dollars, I want to make a million dollars. I'd be pretty excited because my dad never made a million dollars a year. But if you go to the son of a billionaire and you say, hey, would you like a million dollars a year? And he's like, yeah, that's not enough, man. That's not enough right? So you have to change the expectation. You got to change the mindset. So I'm telling my kids, my kids experience this with me all the time. We're, we're, we're together. We, we talk stuff. Uh, when I went to go see Grant Cardone two years ago, I brought them with me. So if you go to, if you know who Grant Cardone is, there's a YouTube video. It, you know, it's, it's titled Father and Son Go to, to Mrs. Grant Cardone. And we're there together because I want them to be a part of that. You know, the other day I had a podcast. I brought them, I'm sorry, we had a webinar to raise equity for our next deal. I brought my kids here because I wanted them to be a part of that. So they're watching. 
And if they're paying attention, they're going to have a head start. These videos, I do a lot of educational videos. I do this as a, as a memorial for them as well. So they can always like, what would dad do? Because I, I, I'm at that point right now, right? I, miss, I lost my dad, you know, and, and uh, it's tough. It, it's a tough situation. It's not easy. And I want to ask questions to him because he's not around. I don't want that to happen. I always used to envy like the Kennedys, right? Cause the Kennedys had like little video cameras and they had whatever. And they always had these family memories. And, like, I didn't have any of that stuff. You know what I mean? I'm like, well, this is, this is a great way to, to, to have that happen. So that's what I would do. I'm just going to lead by example and show them what's out there and let them go out there and, and push them on their way. I mean, Donald Trump right today, he's a multi-billionaire. He's president of the United States, but his dad was an apartment owner. His dad owned, he made, he made affordable working class apartments and his dad showed him all kinds of lessons in that, in that plan. So those are great lessons there, right? Cause you, you, you get a good, a good um, nucleus and you get advantages over other people. Yeah. I think, um, you know, so sorry for your loss, but it's yeah. amazing that your dad kind of pushed you to think bigger you know, even though he followed the path that he knew, he could see more for you. And yeah. now you can pass on that legacy for your kids with all that you're doing. Yeah. Kids are fun. So, they have their own unique personalities. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people like fear comes up or, you know, mindset holds them back, but they need something to push them through. Right. So what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going, even though you're having a tough day or something doesn't go your way? Regret. I can't stand regret. I can't, I do not want to end my days and, and act like I could have done more. I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, I want to make sure that, that it, when my time comes that I, I hit those goals. You know, and, and which means you have to sacrifice along the way. You got to give up things along the way sometimes that don't work for you anymore, that they're not the best situation for you, for you or a group of friends or relationships or what have you. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you're only left with yourself. You know, and so it's like, is it important to you? Great. Then do something about it. If it's not, then that's okay. But at least it's your decision. And so I'm trying to lead my life today on things that are important to me. Um, and, and I try to help others around me as well, for sure. I try to carry as many people as I can and invest in them. But at the end of the day, it's my life, right? You know, it's not somebody else's life. I got to make sure that I can, I can go to bed at night knowing that I did what I needed to do. So if I have an aspiration to get somewhere, what steps did I take today to get there? Yeah, I think that's so key. So many people go through their own lives living and allowing society or their friends or their parents or anybody else to tell them how to live it. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's only going to be you answering to the decisions that you make. So make yeah. sure that you're Absolutely. okay with them. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Gary V's a great mentor of mine as well. You know, I got to visit him a few years ago and uh, I mean, he, he preaches one life, one life. You got one life. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned some of the goals that you set for yourself. Do you mind sharing some of maybe your short-term and long-term goals with us? Yeah, number one, I feel like I've got an ability and I've got a gift to, to, to build this business. I've got a gift to it to, you know, uh, overcome obstacles. I, 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 I want to make family proud. I want to make my mom and dad proud because they're my first mentors. And I want to show them that they, get, that they put good stuff in me, you know, uh, and that I, make, I can make the right moral decisions. I can make the right ethical decisions, but I can also, you know, move forward in life and be a good businessman. Because my dad was a good businessman. He just, he just didn't have, he didn't have the courage to take the next step. He was at, my dad was valid to his high school. He was the smartest guy I ever knew. I always went to him for questions, you know, he just, but he didn't have, he didn't have uh, 
he was afraid. He grew up in a very low income family and, you know, it just, it, it wasn't there for him uh, to the, the proper support. Um, so for me, our goal is I, I want to grow, you know, I, I like reaching. I, I, I don't have to work right now. I, I could sell everything right now and, and be very happy, but then I wouldn't know what to do with myself. And as I think what would happen is I'd probably, my body would shut down and I'd probably die. Cause I, you don't have, you gotta be reaching. You gotta be fighting for something. Um, I like looking at guys that are further down the map. That's why I mentioned Gary Vee. I, 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 I like what he does. I, I spent some money to go and visit with him because I believe you got to pay to play. Uh, Grant Cardone, I've really got to really like a lot because he's gotten into the real estate space the last six years. Um, and now he's actually doing masterminds. And so I got to, I got to go to that earlier this week. And it, you know, things get a little um, stale from time to time. You know, we just moved into this brand new office and you think that'd be exciting enough, right? But I needed a jumpstart. When I went to this thing, I came back Wow. I mean, he actually said to me, because, hey, I last saw you two years ago. You were at 260 million. I told you to get to 500. You're at 400 million. That's great. You're on your way. I'm going to give you another goal. I need you to get to 4 billion. I need you to get there because we're going to sell the, I'm going to sell the Blackstone at 10 to 12 billion. I need you to get to 4 billion of assets under management, you know, and you need to grow. And I want to, I, I make more money if I'm with, you're with me. And so I took it as a personal challenge, a personal invitation. I want to grow. I understand the map. I, I can see it. You know, Gary showed me a couple of years ago how to stand up above the noise. Uh, Grant just gave me the rest of the map. Very nice goals you have. And I'm looking forward to you achieving all of them. Thank you. I think it's very inspir inspiring for people, you know, who want to get started and they can see what is available, what else, else is out there. You know, um, something you mentioned is courage, right? Like, you were saying that, you know, your dad was super smart, but he maybe didn't have the courage to do some of the things that now you are courageously doing. And I think it's important to realize that courage is a muscle. I think that you can develop, right? If you um, do something you're scared of one step at a time and do more of those, eventually they'll compound and you'll be able to do more um, than what you started out. I also think you need to surround yourself with a network of people. And that was my dad's mistake. He didn't have a whole lot of friends. He had his work friends, but he was always the boss. So who is he trying to level up to? Who is he trying to reach? You know, I, they, yeah, a lot of people like to use that, that top five, right? Who are you, your top five mm -hmm. friends? And that's who you are. You're the, you're the average of those people. But what if you're number one, right? And I, I was like that for a little while too, right? I didn't have people that I was trying to aspire to. I was, I was only mentoring other people. Uh, and so once you change out your top five and you bring in other people that you're trying to chase you what are you going to do we're competitive by nature you're going to want to get there you're going to want to see how they got there and so yeah I've, I've i've leveled up i think in the last few years i've changed out my old um relationships uh that you know it's i'm not trying to be ugly or anything but i mean they need to serve you you got to bring value to you or why are they there you know so you got to level up and so when you change them out for other people that inspire you i mean i'm really inspired right now i, I got back from miami and i got literally off the plane at three o'clock and I came straight to the office and I was I've never done that before I was jazzed up I came here I stayed late there was so much to do I was trying to share so much so much energy with uh, with with the rest of the team that I loved it you know I wanted to get down there so I think I think that's part of it. you got to get around the right network and the right people will, will charge you up mm -hmm. yeah I can feel your energy you're like fired up right now which I'm loving it and you know I'm glad you brought up the network thing because you've gone through something that you know um, not everybody has gone through right your partnership dissolved and um, 
you know, a lot of people say like partnerships are like marriages, know who you're getting into a partnership with. This could be, you know, long-term could be, could outlast some marriages, right? Mm. Um, How was that experience for you and any advice for people who, you know, are going into partnerships or coming out of them? I think everything that has a, a beginning has an end. That's the, that's, that's the circle of life. I hate to say that, but I didn't invent that. That's true. Right. It happens to everybody. You're, you're born and you pass. I mean, that's what happens. So and so relationships are the same way. Um, but you also have to remember to keep your humanity. You know, uh, whenever you go through a bad breakup, somebody can scar you. Their, their hurt hurts you. And then you hurt other people. You got to learn that. And so I didn't want that to happen to me. I, I got hurt when my relationship ended. Um, and it was it was very difficult. Uh, and I got very angry. Uh, because it, you know the rules of the game changed and it was unright, un- but I all I can do was leave something that doesn't work for you anymore, and that's what I did. And so you can come up and be motivated by anger, and I'll show you kind of thing. But I think you also need to keep your humanity. That not everybody's like that. You just met a broken person, right? And so I think it's very important now that as I've gone, as I've gone through life to understand there are some people that have had issues. You know why are they broken? They had something happen to them in their previous life, and that's why they're like that. But you hold on to who you are. And so I, I've, I've had, you know, um, uh, other relationships that have, 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 uh, f- have, you know, yielded a tremendous amount of fruit, other ones that, that ended before their time. So, you know, I, I just think you take the best. I, I really believe that people come into your life for a reason. I believe that they're there to teach you a lesson. And once that lesson is learned, they exit. You know, other times there's more lessons there and you stay in there. Uh, I had another mentor as part of the real estate club. I learned what I could and then that relationship ended as well. You know, so it's like, what do you do? You know, you, it's part of that. You, as you grow, you grow, you got to keep reaching, right? Because, uh, you know, it's all your own personal ambition. I mean, where, where do you want to go? You know, I, I haven't hit my number yet. I haven't hit my level yet. I'm still reaching and I, I want to grow. It's what gets me out of the bed in the morning. I, I get fueled up. You know, I, I started this business uh, in 2011 and, you know, for the longest time, I was the only college degree. And that was true up until about eight months ago. Uh, a year, a year ago, when the second person with a college degree came in, and I'm not saying college is everything, but it is. But it was nice to not to be the only person in the room that that was able to come up with ideas and execute on them. Now we have like nine, because I kept hiring other people. I kept bringing other people. You know, my my uh, my my team right here. I'm looking at her right here. She's got a master's in this stuff, right? Uh, uh, and it's like, wow, I learned so much. I get inspired, and I want to produce. So I, I think it's um. And you just got to get around the right network of people and just surround yourself because the better group you are, the stronger you are. It's the best team that wins. The best team that wins. Right. Yeah. I think, um, you know, coming from a corporate background now into entrepreneurship, I've been pushed to grow more so Mm -hmm. than ever. And I think um, people need to realize that sometimes they need to do the self-work and also not to take things personally because, things will happen. Like you said, it's a circle. It's bound to happen. People come in and out of your life. Yeah. I think you also, it's something I learned from Gary Vee is that I think that, you know, when you, when you leave corporate America, I did the same thing. I was in a fortune 500 company and then I went to like where I was the only one there and you'll stand out because you're used to working in a higher, uh, more mature uh, um, environment uh, with, with a different skill set of people. So when you get started as an entrepreneur, you're, you're everything, you're wearing all the hats. 
right? You're wearing every single, and, and you get, you can get tunnel vision and get used to that, that you forget that, Hey, you know what? I want to grow. The only way you're going to grow is if you develop a team, a team at your level or at least close to your level. So something Gary taught me was to double down on your strengths and hire out your weaknesses. You know, one of my best friends is Sam Morris out there. I've known him for almost 20 years and through church, you know, he's a career banker. He was a bank president. I mean, I, you know, I've learned to speak the financing language, but I can never do it at his level because that's what he did every day. At the same time, I'm the operator. I'm the sales guy. I'm the one that, you know, it, it comes natural for me. He can understand it, but it doesn't come out of him. It doesn't free flow out of him. Right. And as we've learned those lessons, you keep doubling down on what you're good at and you hire all your weaknesses to where at the end of the day, you're like, okay, what do I do? Well, you're the visionary. You're the CEO. You're the guy with the strategy, right? Your head is now clear that you can actually work on the business and not work in the business. And for several years, I did it all. I did it all. Even when I had a team, I didn't have the right team. Once you start bringing in the right team, you're like, geez, why didn't I do this before? So for all the entrepreneurs out there, you need to learn, you need to give up a little bit of your coin that you think you're making and, and buy yourself some freedom, buy yourself some, some uh, flexibility that other people can do the job. And when you do that, you'll open up your mind to other possibilities, other things that are occurring that you didn't even see because you get so uh, clouded with everything. You get caught in the minutia, right? But when you clear that up, you're like, wow, we're doing this wrong or wow, we're going this way. For example, COVID-19 was the best thing ever happened to us because it stopped us from our growth expansion plans. We focused hard on the business and we found all kinds of holes, all kinds of weaknesses and people who I started the business with are no longer with this company anymore because I realized, you know what, I've outgrown them and they can't serve here and they can't lead what they need to lead. And those decisions were made. So they exited, they left, they left, you know, they, they got some core in their pocket, but now you bring them in with people that you're asking yourself, why did I do this before? And that's typically what happens, right? And anytime you leave a job and you start a new job, you're leaving for a reason. You're quitting on a boss, you're quitting something. And you go to your new employer, you go somewhere else, you're like, geez, why did I do this before? I'm so much happier. I got rid of, well, that's what happens too. You know, when you bring in that kind of, those kind of people, they inspire you and you're like, man, I can think now I can grow now. And that, that gets, that gets exciting. Yeah. So for everyone listening, I hope you caught that and are able to give up a little bit of that control that I know, you know, we all want to hold on to, but if you do and are able to let go, you can reach higher heights than you could ever do by yourself. And I think this comes back to what you were also saying, which is so important to surround yourself with the right people, right? And you've participated in masterminds, in mentorships. You know, I think I shocked a lot of people when I joined a mentorship program because people don't understand the value that you get out of it. And um, can you talk more about what you got out of mentorship and why it's so important to join? Yeah, because, you know, you're going to outgrow your idea. So you're going to hit your, your ceiling and your limit. And remember, this goes back to the top five, right? You've got to bring in new ideas that challenge you. You know, for a long time, I was buying and it was going slow. One deal a year, one deal a year. And it was okay, but I was getting bored. I was getting bored because I wasn't challenging myself. I thought I was like, maybe I need to sell. Maybe I'm not, this isn't for me anymore, right? It wasn't that, is that I had the wrong goals. You know, some of these goals you have have to scare you, right? Like I'm at 400 million. How am I going to get to 4 billion? Four billion is a monster number. That's like 10 times the size. Or why don't you just buy bigger deals that are more expensive? It's the same thing you're adding a zero. You still got to work just as hard, right? So the thing is with mentorship is that that concept that I just introduced to you was introduced to me at a club, at a mentorship club. You know, my whole life changed when I joined that real estate club 13 years ago. 
I, I don't know what I would, where I would be at today. Would I be successful? Probably. Would I have this level of success? No. You know, because I haven't really explained to you the power of multifamily. There's the magic formula. $1 equals $20. So if you can raise rent, you can dramatically increase, dramatically increase the value of your properties. So for example, on a six cap, a $1 divided by a six cap is $17. A $10 rent bump on a hundred unit property is 200,000 in value. You didn't do anything except raise 10. $10 is nothing. You raised the $10 on an entire 100 unit property and you made $200,000 of value. But what if you can now do a water conservation plan and you say $10 on average on the water bill per unit. Now you've added $20 to the NOI and now you increase it to $400,000. These are just small little numbers, but they add up. They add up. That's exciting, right? But where do you learn that? I learned that in the real estate club. I didn't learn that from my mom and my dad. I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that from, from college. I got an engineering degree. I didn't learn any. I learned the quadratic formula. I learned calculus. I was never taught business valuation. My children will go to college and they will take classes related to real estate and business knowledge because I need them to be smart. I need them to understand. They'll watch these videos. They'll do all these things so they can be better prepared for life. Um, and, and so what you do when you go to these masterminds that you pay. There's a fee to go. They're not free, right? These people, you're paying for their life experiences. You're paying to hear that the mistakes that they made, so you don't make those mistakes. So in that first club, I paid to learn real estate. And I made my mistakes, but I paid to learn real estate. I paid to learn some of the mistakes they made, but you're still going to make mistakes. Later on, you're like, man, it's really competitive out here. How do I stand out above the noise? I went to one of the number one marketers in the country, Gary Vaynerchuk, a few years ago, and I learned social media. I understood the power of social media. We now raise equity through social media. I then realized, man, I need to do more. I ain't gotta get, I gotta get jazzed up everything. I found Grant Cardone. I, I paid to see him twice now. And the fact that he's doing real estate is even more inspiring to me right now. So you paid to hear them talk because if you're paying attention, they will give you nuggets. Um, it was exciting because I was in this room. There was probably 30, 40 people in there. And I was the only one in the room with over 200 units. I have 4,000, Grant has 8,000, and he kept looking at me, he kept gravitating towards me, he kept, you know, and I'm hearing everything, but my business maturity was further down the map than these other people. He was giving out all kinds of nuggets and wisdom, and I'm like, these people aren't even hearing this, but I'm hearing it because I've lived this already. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not, I'm, you know, my, the biggest weakness in any company are the people, but if I want to go national, I got to stop trying to think I can do it myself with my people. I've got to like hire a third party somewhere else you know, like a big company that does a good job, but bring my asset management team, bring my business plan there and grow my brand. I would never have learned that concept if I hadn't gone to that mastermind. I would have done it the old way again and again and again, never refined it. And I would have gone very slow. I can now see the map. I can now see the map. And that's what you pay for. That's what you get when you go to these masterminds. You are paying for somebody else's knowledge, experience, hearing their mistakes so you don't make those mistakes. Because I, I mentioned to you at the beginning of the, of the podcast, it's all about momentum. It's all about flow. You got to keep that roll going. If you stop that roll, eventually if you keep hitting bumps and bumps and bumps, the wheel stops. But if you can level out, you know, to go around that bump, that wheel is going to keep going. And that's, what, that's how you get to your goals. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I mean... You got to pay to play, right? You could probably figure it out on your own, but that's going to take so long and you'll probably lose momentum along the way. And you'll make a lot of mistakes and you'll lose money. For sure. I love it how you call it a magic formula because it kind of is, right? Um, 
for when I talk to a lot of people who maybe come from the single family space, they don't really understand right away how multifamily is evaluated. And like you said, if you can increase rent or decrease expenses, you can automatically force the appreciation and the value of your property. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly right. We just did a, a refinance for our investors a month ago during COVID, which was very difficult, but we still did it because our, our numbers were there. We, were, we returned, we bought that deal in 2016 for 20 million, refinanced it out a month ago for 30 million, returned almost $5 million to our investors tax-free. They didn't need a government stimulus check. They, we created their own stimulus check. We didn't miss distribution. We never stopped distribution during COVID. We kept them going because we had sufficient reserves. We were still getting our rent money in. I wasn't letting fear get in the way. I was, almost, I was only one. I'm, I'm not sure very many of my peers that kept that going, right? But what I did for my investors was I kept their confidence in me going because they give me this money. They, they expect that check. And when that check didn't come in for a lot of other people, I got emails like, man, you're the only guy to do that. Well, because I wasn't afraid, right? Because I trust the process. I trust, I trust the formula. I know what I'm doing here. Our occupancies are there. I'm getting 96% of the rent. We're okay. I'm not going to let that. I'm off a little bit on my rent collections. Uh, sway me from sending you money. I had sufficient reserves. We had six, eight months reserves. We were, we were fine. Right. Just trust in the numbers. Trust in the numbers. Trust the pro. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't stop watching TV. I hate TV. <laughs> I don't watch news. It's, I don't care who's president. Just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Just get out of the way and let me operate. So if you are raising capital now from social media or your deals like 506C, um, you're advertising to the general public, is there a particular deal you want to maybe tell the audience about? Oh, I'd love to do that. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, yes. So we got in a contract about a week and a half ago. Uh, we're looking to raise around 15000000 million. I've already raised $12 million of the money. Uh, and you got $3 million left. So if, you want inter- if you're interested in this deal and you want to put your money next to mine, you know, you know, uh, I'm, I'd be happy to have you. It's a 458 unit deal on the east side of Houston in a submarket that's average. It's had 29% growth in the last five years. Uh, it's a fantastic deal. It's being managed by an out of town owner, which you know what that means, right? They're, uh, you know, I'm like out of town, out of mind. Uh, we have a local team here. We have an award-winning team here. Again, I'm the two-time national owner of the year. And so I, I think we do a really good job. we got a great business model. If you're interested in, in applying, please let us know at rockstarcapital.com. Uh, there'll be a little investor link sign up there and you can access our information. It is for accredited investors only, which means that you need to have a, uh, a net worth of at least a million dollars or uh, a single income 200000 or joint income 300000 um, I'm putting $400,000 of my money into that. We have a webinar that's going to be uh, next week that you want, if, you, if you're interested in attending, send your information to rockstarcapital.com and let us know and you'll get on our investor portal and we'll send you a, a link to log in. Awesome. Yeah, please um, go check out the website. And if you're interested in investing, is there anything else you would like to cover that we haven't already done so? No, you know what? I just, I just want to reaffirm that you got to invest in education. You know, I've got an expression that, you know, before you invest in anything, invest in yourself, you know, find, find your mentor, find education. We have education that we've put together. Uh, you can go to um, apartmentrockstaracademy.com um, and you'll see all of our modules. We have a level one, 101, we have a 102. And if you want personal mentorship with me, you can get personal mentorship for me. If you want to go the free route, that's okay. I've got a tremendous amount of free content on YouTube under uh, the Apartment Rockstar and on Instagram under Apartment Rockstar. Awesome. And all of your information will be linked in the show notes. So if you are interested in checking it out, please look 
there for all of Robert's information. And thanks for being on the show. Hey, thanks so much. It's a great way to end the week. Thanks so much for having me.